Hi everyone, before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to bring up a quick correction and apology. So, about halfway through this episode of the podcast, we are talking about someone who we knew as uh, Susie Patton, uh, Brisbane drummer. You might have seen them play uh, with I Heart Hiroshima or seen them do uh, solo music under the name Rodeo. After this was recorded, I actually found out that uh, that person has uh, transitioned and is now known as Sullivan Patton, or Sully for short. So I just wanted to apologize uh, to Sully slash Sullivan uh, for any p- uh, potential offense I might have caused by uh, bringing up their previous name. Uh, it's it's a thing called uh, uh, dead naming, which uh, I know is a thing. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a, a sensitive topic or anything like that, but uh, I felt like it was better to be safe than sorry and uh, kind of uh, address it up front, but... Uh, uh, wanted to give a massive shout out to uh, Sullivan and, of course, I Heart Hiroshima, who are back, which is absolutely amazing news. So, uh, in, a sincere apology to uh, Sullivan for any confusion uh, surrounding their name. Much love, much respect. Let's get into this week's episode. David James Young here, back for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Gosh, did you miss me? <laughs> it's been uh, a couple of days since I put up uh, the return episode with Mr. Brad Fulton. Thanks so much for checking that out. I thought I would strike while the iron is hot and get another new episode up this week uh, before I head off for Weekender. So that is why we are up early and uh, you will get another new episode next Friday. But uh, I thought I would make up for a little bit of loss time while I had the time uh, to make this happen. This is a really, really fun episode. This was recorded a few months back upstairs at the Brighton Up Bar in Sydney. It is with Simon Berkelman, Joel Beeson, and Dan Williams, aka Burkfinger, MC Bad Genius, and Dan W. Sweat. You might know them collectively as the Philadelphia Grand Jury, or the Philly Jays for short. Regardless, you will know that they are one of the most fun bands out there. They always put on an awesome live show, and it is so, so great to have them back. They put out a really great new record last year called Summer of Doom, and they did a absolutely crazy tour earlier this year called So You Think You Can Philly Jays, which is where... They did a set of their own music, which then transitioned into a set of karaoke, where they got a bunch of people up to sing some classics while they served as a house band of sorts. And it was one of the most fun shows I've been to all year. 
I cannot speak highly enough of everyone involved in this band. They are all genuine people with a lot of fucking great stories and, uh, yeah, just uh, great dispositions on the whole thing. Uh, We kind of talk about the rise, fall and return of the band and uh, the various goings-on in between. We also talk about a show in Sussex Inlet, which is one of my all-time favourite stories to tell about going to uh, see bands growing up. So, uh, if you don't know this story uh, from me telling it to you personally, I finally have it on record. So, And I've got the band that was involved with it to begin with, so uh, very excited to share this with you. Really hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into the podcast today, I want to give a quick shout out, of course, to the sponsors that make this podcast happen. Support for all my friends are in bar bands comes from Spit the Dummy Records. Spit the Dummy is a DIY label based in Sydney, bringing dead formats to the masses, and currently we are mailing out all the pre-orders on t-shirts, totes, and cassettes uh, for the Nothing Rhymes with David album, Things Work Out for People Like You. So uh, if you ordered one, it is on its way. So please, please uh, keep an eye out on your mailbox. And thank you again so, so much for your patience in getting these out Support also comes from Sad Girls Club, which is a collective of non-male music industry professionals helping to get non-male voices heard. And we are so, so, so very, very damn close to Sad Girls Fest. Of course, of course, of course, you know all about this amazing initiative. It is happening on the 1st of October at the Reverend Hotel in Melbourne and the 8th of October at the factory floor in Sydney. Get your tickets. Go to sadgirlsclub.com. That's S-A-D-G-R-R-R-L-S-C-L-U-B.com. We also have a guest sponsor for the next couple of months, Uh, so support for all my friends and bar bands comes from This One's For Mum. This One's For Mum is a festival, a fundraiser, and a celebration. It is happening over three days at the Small Ballroom in Newcastle, Blackwire Records, and the Red Rattler Theatre. All three of these shows are charity and benefit shows, uh, with all of the proceeds going to Autism Spectrum Australia, Supported accommodation and homelessness services for the Shoalhaven in Illawarra and Friends with Dignity Australia. On Friday, November the 4th, at the small ballroom in Newcastle, Quame, Split Feed, Band in Texas, Vacation, Paper Thin, Maple Moths, Drama, and a secret band will be joining the festivities. On Saturday, November the 5th, it's at Blackwire Records in Sydney with the lineup of Safe Hands, Suburban Haze, Massive Bicep, Homesick, and Skin Prison. Finally, on Sunday, November the 6th, it's at the Red Rattler Theatre in Sydney and the lineup is Mowgli, Sweater Season, Sleepy, Rachel Maria and the Cox, Beast and Flood, Paper Thin, and Rifle Lessons. More information and ticketing up soon, but for more information, head over to facebook.com slash thisonesformumfestival. Last, but certainly not least, support for all my friends are in bar bands comes from you. I am able to keep this podcast up and running thanks to the ongoing and continued support of my absolutely legendary patrons over at Patreon, and I forgot to do this just before uh, in the... Prad Fulton episode, but I want to give them all a shout out for making this podcast possible. So a huge thank you to 
Amy Gray, Andrew Nicholson, Britt Andrews, Caitlin Beryl, Chris Panagiotaro, Eleanor Shepard, Hazel Chan, Heath Anthony, Jeremy Neal, Kirsten Day, Leslie Bowden, Lily Belnick, Matthew Lynch, Max Quinn, Rachel Maria Cox, Rick Foster, Ryan Dunn, Sam Katrupi, Sian Vanabkuti, Simon Reynolds, Spencer Scott, Tom Brown, and Zoe Lane. If you want to be like these particular legends, then you can head over to patreon.com slash barbands, and for as little as $1 a month, you can help support and keep this podcast up and running. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash b-a-r-b-a-n-d-s. Alright, you've waited long enough. It's time to party down with the Philly Jays. Hit it! and all my friends are in Bob Ants. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Philadelphia Grand Jury, but you can call them the Philly Jays for short. Yeah! Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. Simon. Uh, I'm Joel, but some people call me MC Bad Genius. I'm Dan W. Sweat, and people call me Dan W. Sweat. Damn right they do. It's Friday night. We have Philadelphia Grand Jury back in Sydney for a sold-out show. Gentlemen, congratulations. Thank you. You're going to be my mum. She bought 120 tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, your mum is getting paid. Yeah. That's impressive. (laughs) Well, 120 of your mum's closest friends. I think it's going to be a a party. party It's going to be a free-for-all. A free-for-all, yeah. They love karaoke, so it's going to be on for young and old. Yeah. Yes. So so this is the So You Think You Can Philly Jays tour. Mm -hmm. Which one of you is going to own up to the idea of this tour? Dan. Dan! I I said the idea, but then I immediately didn't think it was a good idea, but then the other two were like, yeah, that's the best idea I've ever (laughs) (laughs) That's a solid impression, by the way. Yeah, that's a good You also wrote Parlez-vous Francais, and you thought that was a bad idea, and that was Art First Science's best song so far. That's paraphrasing of history, but I'll take it. Well, you know, (laughs) art's subjective. It's it's their most successful song. Some people might not think it's necessarily their best song. That's a bad idea. Do do you think it's your best song, Art First the Science's best song. Hey, who were we interviewing you? <laughs> <laughs> well, partially you. Partially me. Uh, yeah. It depends what you mean by best. It's fun to play. It's yeah. killer. It's like ACDC playing Daft Punk. <laughs> That's beautiful. A lot of compliments. A lot of love in the room. <laughs> I think it's because Simon's still high from his coffee at three o'clock. That yeah. would be it. That would be it. And he produced it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Obviously>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, now the agenda's out in the open. I got points. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy a palette if you want to say through all good arguments. Oh, damn right, you can. That first EP is uh, still a banger. Still a banger. Joel, you can be the impartial judge. What is the best art versus science? Like? <laughs> Actually, I think it's one that they just recorded called Zeus. 
Zeus. Yeah, I don't think that Dan knows that I've heard it, but Simon sent it to me sneakily last night, and uh, I think it's going to be killer. All right, you I heard it here first. It. That's fine. I when you're li- when you're listening to this in the future, and that song is inevitably coming at 19 in the hottest 100 or something nice and high up, you'll be like, "Damn, Joel was right." Yeah, heard it here first. Yeah, Joel's usually right. Yeah. He's an exclusive. It's an exclusive. He's usually right about what time will arrive at the thing, and I'm usually wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we've we've learned that lesson that when we're working out when we have to get to somewhere, yeah, we can't go with Simon's estimations. But I'm yeah. usually right about what will be the most fun. <laughs> see, that's that a good thing a, to be right about. It's such a menacing look on your face when you say that. Though. <laughs> like, don't you dare tell me that that's not true. A lot of good looks for the podcast, I think. Yeah, you can really pick it up. Where's the camera on this thing? I know, right? (laughs) I just had one. We could have been filming at the same time. God damn it. (laughs) Now, we all met at different uh, junctures. Uh, I believe I met you first out of these three. Uh, This was actually after an Art vs. Science show. You were opening for The Gossip. At the Enmore Theatre. It was, I think... It was either 2009 or 2010. That was the only show my dad ever came to see us play. No shit. Was he like, really? fuck this yeah. shit. He was like, it's so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he saved for one of the gossip songs and he was just like, ah, he flipped out. Too loud. Too bloody loud. He likes Marla and stuff. Yeah. Uh, That's such a dad thing to say, though. That's every time my dad's pretty loud. Come, it's pretty like, loud. well, how was it? He's like, oh, it's loud. Very loud. <laughs> and it was Like, loud. thanks? Yeah, he was not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is pretty funny. But yeah, right on. But uh, were you there to see the gossip? Of course. But yeah. uh, you guys happen to be there as well, and uh, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. Literally, like they were replacing a band called Friendly Fires, I That's believe. Right. Yeah, they. Shut they, up your face. Yeah. At the Emma Theatre, the me- the headliner replaced another headliner. No, 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 no. no they, they, uh, Friendly uh, Fires were opening for the gossip, but then they. Oh, you guys. Yeah, and then they you. pulled out of the entire festival. And then these guys got the call up. Yeah. Remember when you replaced someone who was playing at Splendor, and you were already playing Splendor, so you played Splendor <laughs> twice and got all the money? No, 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 no. backwards. That's no, right. No, the Ting Tings pulled out of Splendor and we replaced them. But right. we Quit. weren't playing there already. We were like, really? No, we were going already. Uh, oh yeah. right! I thought you played <laughs> so, the No, you played well. two shows at that festival. I'm no, no, sure. no, you did. No, no you've got to look back into one. your life and two remember what one. actually happened. Why are we talking about other science? Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Hey, it's part of the. It's all part of the grand scheme of things. Art vs. Science is part of the Venn diagram of Philadelphia Grand Jury. It's one it's of the circles. Two big circles, and then when they meet, it just says like this conflict. Disaster. That's exactly what it spells out. Wait, Venn diagrams on two circles, right? Oh, it can be more than one. It's several. It can be several circles. Multiple. And yeah, they all intersect. So Mm. the the section in the middle is the combination. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now that's a pyramid scheme. Uh, (laughs) That's the food pyramid. Ah, yes, yes. So, I think yeah. less than a year later, uh, Simon, we meet uh, a long, long ways away from the, the big smoke of Sydney. We met at Sussex Inlet. Uh, Where they gave us prawn sandwiches. Yes, indeed. For, because prawns come from there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, that night... You got ejected from the venue. I did not get ejected from the venue. <laughs> I did. You did. Yeah, everyone, everyone did, actually. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. This leads to uh, a story that I tell to this day of one of the greatest things that I've ever seen. You, unfortunately, Dan, were not there to see this. <laughs> uh, a gentleman by the name of Calvin Welch uh, yeah. was uh, playing uh, in lieu of yourself. Uh, 
And it got to the end, naturally. Uh, the closer at the time was I Don't Want a Party. No, we only played like four songs, didn't we? No, 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 no. We played the whole concert? Yeah, you played the whole set. Oh. But, um, yeah, things got a bit unruly at the end, as things are want to do at a regional Philadelphia Grand Jury mm. show. Everyone got on stage uh, during the uh, freak out, I Don't Want a Party, scream it over and over and over bit. Uh, then you took off your guitar and gave it to someone. It then got crowd surfed around the room. Then everyone bum rushed the stage. Uh, the security had no idea what to do, so they literally kicked out everyone, everyone including including you guys. I was like, I'm in the band, and I was, he was like, everyone's saying that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> A lot of people's girlfriends are in there. Yeah. <laughs> The only person left was Mr. Calvin, Calvin. Hey, drumming through Wolf dr- Mother that they put. Yeah, over yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. He kept fucking drumming. He he would not stop. He was just playing this massive drum solo. He's actually just deaf. He didn't know it yeah. wasn't us. Yeah, <laughs> bit by bit by bit, kept going, kept going. Lights have come up. PA music is on. We've all been kicked out. He's still going. Uh, one bit by bit, parts of his drum get get taken away. Still drumming, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I think you yeah. guys have just gotten let back in. So the no, right, I was the, in the car park. Yeah, the cymbal yeah. stand, cymbal yeah. stand gets yeah. taken. He's still going. He's still going. He's still going. The hi hat gets taken away. He's still going. He's still going. He's down to his floor tom, his snare drum, and his bass drum, and just and then the floor tom gets taken away. So he's literally just smashing away on his snare drum. That's all he's got left. And then he just comes to a screeching halt. Boom. Stands up, looks around at no one in particular, goes, Ah, shit! Slams down the sticks onto the snare drum and walks off. And is not seen for the rest of the night. You funny, David. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't thought about that show for... I think about it all the time. Five years. I think about the prawn sandwiches, mostly. But here's the kicker. Here was the kicker for me. Upon him standing up... We all realised the entire time he was wearing a sandals and socks combo. (laughs) And we were just like, yeah, that has sealed the deal on this being the most rock and roll thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. (laughs) Dang. That's certainly up there in one of the more ridiculous shows we've played. Oh, definitely. How did you guys come across Calvin? Like, that was a whole ordeal unto itself, wasn't it? Well, we used to go watch him play Sly and the Family Stone Tribute Night in the basement. Yeah, that's right. uh, what were they called? Professor Groove and the Professor Booty Groove and the Booty Affair. Oh god damn. That's and we watch him and we're like, he's a killer drummer. We yeah, like yeah, him. Yeah. And and then when Dan was like, I've got money to make in up for science <laughs> and left exactly the band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, literally walked off with a bag of money. Yeah. yeah totally. I was talking, talking it was really, to really it, it was really inconsiderate. I know. I think he did your driver picked you up out the front. Brutal! Yeah, I said to MC Bad Genius, remember Calvin? What if we could get him in the band? And MC Bad Genius was like, no, there's no way he'll play in our band because he's a different colour to us. But I said, we should try. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, that's what he said. Um, but I said, I said we should I'm try. I'm glad he's not here! Yeah. My god, what a horrible thing. Like, he would, he would be furious. He just thought he'd be way too cool for us. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's got a lot more such a red. white band. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we called him and he was like, Yeah, I'll be there. Can I just point out when we called him was we were driving to the show in we had a car in 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 uh, Byron Bay. Yeah. And uh-huh. and Ivan, emergency Ivan from the Paper Scissors and Hi, from the other bands was playing with us. But he was flying there, so Simon and I were driving and 
there was a dude who come off his motorcycle and, and there were people all over the freeway so he slowed down and then a car just slammed up the back of our car and we were freaking out that oh, all no. our gear in the boot had just been crushed anyway we, we had to get towed while we were waiting for the tow truck that was when Simon decided oh maybe we should see if Calvin wants to join the band <laughs> and so explained to him that we are on the side of the road after having been involved in a car accident like hey do you want to play in our band like yeah sure why not and he came, he came down and watched us play to a full Oxford Art Factory with Dan drumming. Yeah. Oh. And he was like, damn, this is good. I'll play in this. And he was like, you're my boy, Dan. Remember? <laughs> you're my boy. Yeah. And, and you were weird about it. And he kept saying to me, what you doing to that face? You need to treat it better. What you doing to that face? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, where is he now? Is he... Uh... He's in Station Street, Marrickville. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Just hanging out. Yeah. What number? Man, but she can hear on the podcast. He has some great stories. If you go to Marrickville, you will see him walking around. He just wanders around during the day. He owns that neighbourhood. (laughs) See him around, yeah. Dan Mack said he saw him playing drums in a Bob Marley tribute. Nice. Brilliant. He's always got some bongos somewhere. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay, now, gentlemen, I want to trace back your initial interest in music, uh, specifically transitioning from the point of uh, being actively aware of music and watching stuff and hearing stuff and being interested in that to the point where you actually wanted to start playing music yourself. Simon, we'll start with you. Tell I, us, I, I, yeah, tell yeah, us a bit about uh, your upbringing uh, and like, uh, how music kind of factored into that. I remember going into the city on a Sunday with my parents because there was that Hobby Co shop and you could get models there. Right. And I was about yeah. six or seven. Uh-huh. And we went to Hobby Co and on the way back near Town Hall there was a big table out with cassette tapes yeah and there were all these cassette tapes you could buy like discount or whatever and I remember looking at all of them and I looked at the coolest cover and I went to my mum can I have that one and she was like alright it was like five bucks or something Mm -hmm. and it was Alice Cooper Billion Dollar Babies nice Billion Dollar Babies yeah 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 Um, and so I got that and I was like that's cool and I had a little I had a little boombox at home and I put that in the boombox and listened to it and I had my dad's acoustic guitar, which I didn't know you needed to tune, or that if you touched the frets, you got different notes. All I knew was you'd hit it open with one hand. Yeah. And I remember just being in the room for hours with this guitar, and no one ever tried to tell, like my dad, what a cool bastard, didn't tell me how to work it or anything. So I'd just be in the room plonking away on this thing, and I was just like, how does Alice Cooper get that sound? Like, all I can get is ha, 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 over and over. I could only get one sound. And I remember thinking, I like this guitar thing, though. Right on. <laughs> that was your start. Next. Jimmy's <laughs> go next. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I I grew up in, in a family where everyone music was outlawed. Everyone, everyone. <laughs> no, that was dancing. Everyone, everyone played a musical instrument because everyone went to the Salvation Army and everyone's uh-huh. into brass bands. Right. So from the age of four or five, I I learned to play the trumpet. And no shit. By the time I was seven, I wanted to tour the world being a trumpet player, and then I wasn't good enough to ever do that. So. I picked up a bass guitar one. Too one ugly. Too ugly. <laughs> Too ugly for the brass no, band. There's some pretty ugly trumpets yeah. out there. <laughs> Just look at any ska band, dude. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, but then one one time in high school, I just said to the music staff, hey, no one's using these guitars. Can I just take them home? You really? Over school holidays. And I said, uh, okay, sure. And so I took home a bass guitar and taught myself how to play so I could join a, a friend's band playing 70s classic rock covers in their garage nice what? they were pretty supportive at school me and Badginas went to the same school yeah, they right. like, let us jam at lunchtime if we wanted to go in the, in the room and grab a guitar you could have a little yeah. jam mm. we did that a few times yeah and they sold you a drum kit for $50 a vintage 70s premiere that I still have it's worth like a thousand bucks shit yeah, and the teacher sold it for 20 bucks damn 20 bucks. dude 
20 bucks and a box of chocolates to Mrs. E, wherever you are, Mrs. E. Thank you. One love. I don't know if she gave the 20 bucks to the school. <laughs> Probably not, eh? Probably yeah. not. But they wanted it out. They were like, this old piece of junk. Ah, <laughs> oh, it'll be never worth anything. It's yeah. like, huh? That's huh? also where you coincidentally got your first taste of bargains. Yeah. Bargains, I love bargains. <laughs> yeah. How could you not? How could you not? Dan, what about yourself? I think I always knew that music was a thing, but I didn't like it. <laughs> You I didn't knew like it. it. I knew of it. You know, I was like, You're oh, aware. It's, it's like an organised noise that my parents listen to. Um, <laughs> but then my cousin, one time we were on a uh, family holiday up on the Gold Coast. Right. And uh, he was like, come come with me for a second. I got something to like play you. And I was like, okay. And we went out to my uncle's car and sat in the car and he played me a cassette tape of Killing in the Name. Oh, uh, Wow. And like, just like put the cassette in and like turned the volume up like as loud as it kind of went. Mm. And it was like this transformative thing, and there's so much yeah. swearing, and it's so loud and stuff. And I was like, "This is incredible! I want to do whatever this is." And then my uncle came out and got really angry. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was probably it. I think around the around the same time as well as that, there was I, I was uh, I was on a boat. Sounds like I was so rich. I was on a <laughs> friend's boat. Uh, and his brother on a yacht. Played. Yeah, and and he's, sailing around the Mediterranean. Right. And, um, <laughs> It was like one of those, those, those billion dollar yachts from those magazines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and he played Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Which nice. Was also, I think that might have been before that. And I just remember going like, what is this Is that thing? why you chose drums? I don't know. No, I think it was seen to be the easiest of things. <laughs> it was at the school I went to, in, when you went there in year five, they made you play the violin. Really? Oh, sorry, no, recorder, but that oh, was like, I was going to say. Recorder. Yeah, but then my dad's really into classical music and stuff, and he was like, how about violin and I was like okay I don't know what music is so I tried violin and then it was just too difficult so drums made much more sense and also drums is very immediate you know they sit down and you hit the thing and makes a noise that's it like that's there's an immediate thing that happens violin it's like it's like you're hitting the open yeah. guitar it's like <laughs> you kind of need to like do it for like six months or something before you can actually piece together something yeah yeah something. <laughs> are you all uh, Sydney vaguely Sydney originally like uh, whereabouts yeah. did you guys grow up I grew up in, on the north shore of Sydney West right. Tarapara yeah. born and raised yeah. Yeah. You know, fairly upper middle class, very boring white neighbourhood that as soon as I left, every time I'd go back, I would realise how boring it was there. Right. Mm. And yeah. you don't? I grew up next to Taronga Zoo. No shit. Yeah. Oh. That was it. There was nothing much to speak of, really. They had really good um, finger bun rolls at the local bakery. That's about all the... That's the most salient memory of my youth, I think. That's so weird. <laughs> I didn't realise there was, like, a neighbourhood in that area. I just... Yeah, really, it's, uh, the, Literally the zoo, and that's that's it. You know, nice. off in its own little... Nice house is up there. I think used to work at Taronga Zoo. Yeah. Sound right. Yeah. And I grew a zoologist. Up, up on Balmoral Beach. Yeah. <laughs> it was filthy when I was a kid. Like, Twisties packets floating past you in the water. Yeah, for Remember real. Remember the harbour was disgusting? Yeah. Oh, like, wow. in the 80s? That was nice. Yeah. yeah, but it's like an old folks home now. Like it's like fifty thousand chemists. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all prescriptions. Yeah, that's it's like twenty four hour prescriptions. We well, can head back there when you inevitably retire, I suppose. I'm sort of semi retired now. <laughs> I'm fully retired. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, first bands. Tell us about them. Were you were you in each other's first band or no? no? No. My first band was called Solvent because I had a sticker that said Waste Solvent for Disposal. I got ten of them somehow <laughs> and then I cut the other bits out and kept the solvent bit. And, and, I, and, and I thought it was like vent for your soul. Oh. Solvent. 
And I still have solvent shirts that I made with a little screen printing thing. Nice. And we played a local hall, local school hall. Of course. When I was about 15, and we played all covers except for one original. What was the original? Nintendo. Probably. <laughs> I remember that one. Do you remember a song from his high school I, band? Yeah, totally. Because we went to the same high school, and I went to some of their shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the lyrics? Nintendo. That, I think it was That's a, literally it? That was the chorus just repeated. I yeah. don't remember the rest of it, though. And I remember we had it. Grease Burger was another one of our songs that didn't get played live <laughs> about the hamburgers we <laughs> made on Saturday time. morning. Grease Burger for me, Grease Burger for you too, Grease Burger. And then I go down, 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 down. Nice. <laughs> That's a bitch and riff right there. Yeah, it's it. smoke on the water. <laughs> Next. What, what was your first? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you keeping this a tight ship. <laughs> What was your first band, Joel? I don't. I have no idea what it was called, to be honest. Was really? But yeah, it was just playing kind of classic rock covers, like both Nath. Yeah, with Big Nath and, and and Christoph and Jimmy, and um, we used to play down in one of their basements, pretty much every afternoon after school. What kind and, of covers were you doing? Uh, Deep Purple. Deep Purple, obviously, and. Uh, Bit of Led Zeppelin uh-huh. and Cream, that kind of stuff. The kind of things that everybody plays when they first pick up a guitar. And uh, yeah, we just did it and uh, really poorly. Of course. I would yeah. describe Nathan's drum style as cement mixer. He's <laughs> 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 a big boy and he's just played a rock solid beat. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. Um, yeah. Dan, your first band? Uh, my first band was called Compadre. And it was me and Tom Finn, who's Jim Finn from Atlas of Science, his younger brother. Oh, uh, and, and my friend Alex King, who's, I think, an accountant now. Yeah. Sure. Um, and they're pretty the, good. I've seen, seen them. Lately. The accountants. They're yeah. good. Um, and we played kind of like at the drive-in Rage Against the Machines sort of stuff. Oh, really? Like exit, like post-hardcore stuff? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I had a splash cymbal, as I remember. Whoa. <laughs> and the bass was usually really loud. And then there was lots of high, noodly guitar things. I don't think there was a singer. How old were you? 14? Nice. 15, maybe? We had one song that I still remember, actually. I don't know. We didn't have a title or anything. But I remember the melody. Maybe. You can play it? <laughs> I remember how the drum beat goes, yeah. I was like, this beat is incredible. <laughs> so good. Was that how you used to talk? Yes. Through class two? I had a, I had a jaw injury. Oh, right. Just <laughs> <laughs> walking around with a bandage all over your face and shit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, nasty. Nasty business. Yes. Do you guys remember the first time you ever played live? At all, all the way back. We played pretty early on up on, on in Surrey Hills down near Kipak Street. You know, place that had the three lights that would go off, and then the PA would cut out for fifteen minutes if you wanted. Oh, oh, the Excelsior! The Excelsior. Oh, it supported um, the fucking six foot hick. Six foot hick. Oh wow, that's a name I haven't known. Huh? We definitely played an early one at the Hopeton. We also played an early one at Hotel Hollywood. Hollywood. Oh yeah. shit! Maybe yeah, Hotel yeah. Hollywood was the first. I can't if it was, there's still pictures flying out from that gig. Give me the intersecting point. Obviously, you two were school friends, but uh, how'd you come across this uh, this tall drink of water right here? He, he was my grandparents' neighbour's friend. That's such and, a strenuous <laughs> link. Yeah, but we'd jam at my yeah, grandma's house under the house. Really? It was a spot like it was built into this rock, and you could and this little jam room we made in there, so you could play in there. Mm. And he could hear us, and he came over and was like, "What you guys doing?" I'm hungry. <laughs> and then we invited him for an awkward jam and we yep. gave him a blues explosion beat. We said, have you heard this beat in like bell bottoms? 
bell bottoms. And, um, and we showed him, and he was like, that's interesting. And we said, Bad Genius and me, After Dan had left the if room. he comes back for the next jam and he re- he's learned that, he's in. Yeah. And he came back and he just sat at the kid and he was like, do, 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 do. He's like, guys, I learned that beat. <laughs> like, yes. Simon and I just kind of at each other and it's like, wow, this is this is really happening. Wow, this guy's man. <laughs> His mum also paid us for all those early shows. <laughs> Can I just explain something? That joke is a little in joke of ours because when I was young, my parents were renovating our house and all these builders came over and stuff, and I worked with them. Worked in a. The, what do you call them? Worked. Worked. Not really oh, worked. Yeah, yeah. You labored like, for them. I labored for them. I picked up a brick Hard or something. And then at the end of the day, they gave me like a hundred bucks or something. And I was like, holy shit, balls, builders got it made kind of thing. Damn. And then it, only like years later, maybe like last month or something, um, <laughs> mum was like, yeah, I mean, I paid the builders to pay you that day. <laughs> Obviously. And I was like, what? And then Your whole life obvious. has been a lie, dude. Yeah, it became very obvious once it was explained. Oh man, that's heartbreaking. And I also realised that mum had been paying these guys for me to be in this band. Oh no! <laughs> All the truth came out. God damn, your mum was loaded. Yeah. Almost as loaded as Burko's mum, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of parents paying paying their way for Philadelphia Grand just Jury moms. right now. Just, yeah. just mums. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Uh, so, uh, give us a quick rundown of uh, the stuff you guys were doing before uh, Philly J's started. Uh, what kind of uh, stuff are you doing? Like, was it all just like Sydney based, just kicking around in bands and shit? I was working at Big Jesus Burger Studio on Ah, the yes, RIP. And I was doing a couple of songs and we've been jamming. We had a band before, me and Bad Genius. Uh-huh. And it was terrible, so we broke it up. And, but um, how bad are we talking? It's really bad. Like, uh, White Boy Funk. Johnson. Yeah. White Boy Funk? I thought we were great. I, it's terrible white boy funk and I was wearing like you know like tight brown leather pants and like long curly hair and, and is there white, any evidence white, of this online I gotta white, find this tight white jeans you gotta link it, it to be. me it and I was grooving around I thought it I was pretty so funky so and I was driving an old Holden you know <laughs> um, listening to cassettes and whatnot um, with the meters nice. I thought I was pretty funky um, <laughs> and uh, anyway so we're like forget that I got a job at the studio and then we were jamming a little bit and I was working on some songs and then I got really frustrated because all the bands at the studio that I was working with, because I was a nobody, yeah, huh? sucked. And then the guy said, you can take studio time if you want. You can have the midnight to dawn session, whatever you want. You, you get better at engineering if you do that. So we sort of started making it more of a band and doing recordings in there. And then through the studio, I think we got a lot of connections to people, talked to, to a lot of people, and it kind of grew out of that. Mm. Damn, what were you kind of doing before? Right? I, I was working as a um, part-time waiter for a wait, like a waiting agency. Very yeah, part-time. Yeah. <laughs> no, you had that job driving the thing at the at the shopping center. Yeah, yeah, I had that too. That was pretty slacker. Um, <laughs> as is my current job. But uh, <laughs> I was playing in a band with Dan and Jim, Arbor Science, Dan and Jim and Tom. We spoke about oh, earlier. really? So this was before Arbor Science. Uh huh. Roger Explosion. Roger Explosion, and we played many gigs with these at their old band. Oh right, they played. They were you, were you also in a similar white boy funk? No, was, um, I think we beat you at the Battle of the Bands. Is it? Yeah. Beat Shit. They played. They played pop punk, and they were, really. And they were probably playing pop punk about four years after pop punk was really massive, and then yeah. like like Blink, Newfound Glory, sort of exactly stuff. Like Blink. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, they, exactly then they developed this thing really on, kind of cock rock, right? Yeah. It depended on who wrote what song. So if Jim had written a song. It was like Blink One Two. If Dan Mac had written a song. It was like Guns N' Roses or something. 
So, so uh, Hedy mixed, and then um, and then we went. Oh wait a minute, it's, it's shit. <laughs> and then we kind of broke up. Well, there you go. But yeah, but that was still going when we started, and we were actually originally called the Sweats. That's right. Before we were Philadelphia Grand Jury. Is that where Dan W. Sweat comes from? It does. I yeah. So. I think it was kind of like the Ramones kind of thing. We just right. gave him the surname of Sweat. Right. Obviously, we just figured out yours, and Burnt Finger is obvious. Where did MC Bad Genius come from? I can tell you. Can you tell you? <laughs> <laughs> can you tell you? I, I, That's the million dollar question. I know that the MC part came because originally Simon was really freaked out about doing the banter. Right, stage. right. And right. so he thought, oh, what about, wouldn't it be funny if the guy that doesn't sing any of the songs does all the banter? We thought that would be interesting for some reason. He'd be the MC. Well, we know that that lame joke would be immortalized. And MC, yeah. But, yeah. but after the very first show, we realized that was a really bad idea because I sound like a complete lunatic when I'm on the stage and it was putting people off. So we're like, okay, we'll have to shelve that. But then for some reason, the nickname stuck. But what was the bad genius bit? Where did that come from? Because you're the only guy in the band at the time who could really play anything. (laughs) So it was like, what's up with this? And you realize it's an E chord. Like, cool. Um, So I thought you were a genius, and I thought, because you're actually a very, as you've told me recently, a very normal guy, Um, a really nice guy. I thought it would be funny if we made a thing that you were just an evil genius, like you were the baddest guy in the group. And it, it, it's still the, the way people perceive the group. They think that's true. They think you're a bad boy. They think you're just like you get on stage, you snort a line, you shoot somebody, <laughs> you get in your car, and you drive home. But really, I just go home and have a glass of milk. Play some Nintendo. Huh? Nintendo. Good lord! Tell us about uh, touring for the first time and getting kind of out of Sydney and. Uh, getting out into those uh, particular areas. I remember the very first time we played outside of Sydney we went up to Brisbane and played at Fans Nightclub and they didn't have a stage or anything. Right. It was a lumber lounge. Yeah. 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 And so we were playing and they just had some like masking tape just to show where the stage was. Yeah, the masking tape on the floor was like this is your area that's the crowd's area. Yeah, and, and it was absolutely rammed. It was so full and we, I think we were all a little bit spun out because it was more people than we played to in Sydney. Yeah, and um, and it was awesome. It felt it was an incredible feeling. I can like imagine we're a real band now because we're not just playing to you know fifty of our friends in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. They gave us beer and everything. Yeah. <sighs> living the dream. Yeah. So um, was other sides kind of going concurrently at this point, or had it even started I don't at that know point? If it had started by then. I think we started maybe. That's yeah, pretty much the same time. Yeah, I would say we mentored you guys. Possibly. Well, yeah. we named their band for starters. Yeah, yeah. That was really. Like Philly J's Bombshell. Yeah. yeah, we were going to be called Upper Science. Well, like, we that's a terrible name. We thought no, that doesn't work. And then we said, man, that would be awesome for your other band that, that is kind of you know I, yeah, sounds right. kind of cool. I recall it as. as an email being sent around with all these suggested names and then someone and saying you stole one and then I went oh that's not very good and then I went oh that's awesome and stole it but you definitely stole Magic Fountain off us no that's that, not whoa. Really, that was Jason Magic Fountain oh right okay you're actually joking <laughs> <laughs> I expected it was called Magic Mountain originally. Oh, <laughs> after that think, place in Adelaide. I still think no, it's no, better. No, the one, in, the one near Marimbula. Yeah. Oh down shit. South. Yeah. Tragic Mountain. <laughs> Tragic yeah. Mountain. It is a bit actually. That's the minor chord version of that yeah, song. No, <laughs> tragic Mountain. Yeah. Tragic, tragic, tragic. Yeah. We had a, a stage tech guy who used to call it Magic Mountain Pen. 
And just used to always go, you remember, you know, Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah. So at what point did it kind of get to that kind of overbalance of like others kind of taking over in terms of your priorities? Uh, pretty early on. When you started just staying in the top floor of that hotel. <laughs> and you had that gun. When you remember in the you top the floor of the ivory tower. Yeah. <laughs> and you ordered the hotel across the road to get just dis- 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 knocked down because <laughs> you didn't like the lights from it. Yeah, I had really long fingernails. Yeah. Long hands. So. <laughs> off milk and corn. <laughs> um, I don't remember. What was the question? Oh, when did it come to much? <laughs> Why did you put out there? I think there was just a time. It was June... 2009, mm-hmm. perhaps, or 2010. It's really effective. I think it would be. But uh, no, there was just some tour that I couldn't do for one of the bands, and then I was replaced for a tour. And then, and then the same happened for Arbus Science and Hamish. He used to play in the Vines. Played for oh, me yeah. Up in Queensland. And Arbus Science had a little cry, didn't and they? Dan Mac flipped out, and I said to Jim. And so <laughs> Hamish. They're like, our band sucks. <laughs> and then um, I just kind of had to choose. And originally you chose to play with us. And yeah. we were, we were we supportive originally... about making the decision. We were we like, said... whatever you choose, it's all cool, but you have to make a decision because we need to make our plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said, I'm with you guys, and then you flipped about a week later. Oh. <laughs> it's true. It was about three weeks later. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. Savage. I was playing one off against the other. I was trying to get a better deal. Oh, man. I remember yelling at you in our share house, you and your girlfriend at the time, yeah. <laughs> about something. Yeah, it was pretty intense once. Oh, my Lord. And I'm pretty sure that we had it to a book, and Dan was going to play it, and that's when we called Calvin. Yeah. yeah. And then, so, because this all happened, it, you know, we were a bit annoyed because Dan had said, oh, I'm going to play with you guys, and then said, oh, actually, I'm not. Then we just said, okay whatever, you're not playing this tour then. And then Calvin just, like, two days after meeting him, he was playing on the Had no idea about any of the songs. Yeah. That's a Maddie smiles. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wasn't the turnaround, surely. I didn't quit two days Did you just give him the record and he just learned it? You or were going to play a show that Calvin came and saw. You were going to play, you were going to play the whole tour and then mid, middle of the tour, we said, That's right. That's you're not coming on this leg. That's you're out. That's true. Bloody hell. Pretty harsh. Yeah, I can imagine. Free, free <laughs> time. I had free time. Everyone's, everyone's happy, so yeah. it couldn't have been that much. Yeah. Everyone's rich. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us now, baby. Why are you laughing? I'm up here with a photocopier. Pretty much free access to a photocopier. <laughs> you can work out how to turn it on. There's Mate. Kino downstairs. Come on. What more do you need in life? Yeah, what more do you need? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, well, we'll quickly uh, defer to the uh, the non-Dan era. <laughs> so after Calvin, um, was it Susie came in, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. so after after Calvin came home from England, Susie happened to be living in Berlin. And ah, yes. we just sent her a message out of the blue saying, hey, what are you doing? And she said, I'm doing nothing. I'm about to leave Berlin. I'm packing my bags. And and so we convinced her to come to London and, and we jammed for a bit and hung out for a couple of days and everyone got along really well and she was a legend. Mm, still is. To yeah. This, to this day. And I heard Russian are doing new songs as well. What? What? Oh, that's wow. exciting. That is very, very exciting. Cool. That's, a, that's another exclusive. I'm excited about that. Yeah, you guys had some pretty massive tours as well, I think. Um, did you guys do that um, Blue Juice tour? Like sizzling to oh yeah. my god, that was yeah. that, that really was... broke me. 
Oh, but yeah, those things, those were, were not for beginners, man. Mm. Those were like month long slogs through fucking Whoop Whoop. With Jake yeah. Stone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hi, Jack. <laughs> it was, that was actually pretty full on because it was a really old school kind of tour where you were playing six nights of the week. Yeah, and yeah. And they often just. And we came off a national tour of 20 dates just before that. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, I remember like that. 40 or 50 dates in two months. Really. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty wild. And and it was it was nice to be, you know, going to all these little beach towns and having a bit of a swim then going and playing a show. But it was just, it was too much. It was, and we, and stupidly we agreed for some friends to come on and they were going to do, docu- do a documentary. Ooh. And, um. They just end up just taking videos of girls in the crowd and stuff, and and, we're, and it would turn into this whole very very different thing, and it wasn't that fun at all. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I remember dropping them with some girls at the beach in Port Macquarie, and um, and then them calling us late in the night and asking us to pick them up from the beach. And we turned our phones off. And we off. just did, we were like, we're staying Ouch. asleep, and they had to like walk miles home. Oh. And they couldn't get into the hotel. And then they finally came in, and I just remember hearing this guy going, I don't care if we wake him up. He left us out there, man. He left us out there. <laughs> what is that accent? That's like a, is that an angry Scotsman. That's his, that's his go-to impression for anyone. <laughs> it's from Antarctica. And that was, that was towards the end of the band at that point as well, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Maybe that was what broke the band. You reckon? No idea. Nah. <laughs> oh, surely if anyone would know, it would be you guys. I don't know. Do you no, know? It's years ago. How am I meant to remember every, to every little thing? Every little thing. I think as our manager said, you were breaking up. Actually, he, I think he broke up. He said we'll get more money if we break up. Up here for thinking. Up here for thinking. Well, okay. With that in mind, tell us about the quote-unquote last <laughs> Philadelphia Grand Jury show and the first one back. Because the first one back was like a midnight set somewhere in Brisbane, wasn't it? First one back was a free midnight show for our ex-manager Jesse's birthday party. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And King Gizzard played oh. supported us. Oh, what a band! I played after. Yeah, but we they were like the late support, you know that thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We called <laughs> a new one and played way too long, and they were like, "Fuck you." They played. They played awesome. They just played that song cellophane. Yeah, they just played one song. <laughs> <I remember laughs> that. And then about two years later, or something, yeah, yeah. it just blew up. <laughs> Um, and then Jeremy Neal had to play was Jeremy Neal that, played, like, played four, four, four songs to another one or something um, cool guy but that was the first one back and I remember there were lots of music big wigs because it was big sound oh, and yes. we were just we were moshing with all these big wigs and the dance floor was slippery because it was covered in beer back to the last one. Oh, yes, okay here we go last one was at Beach Road in Bondi and, right. and the band we'd already decided you know what this is this is this is it. We're, yeah, we were finished, and then and then drums. at the end of the at the end I of the week, I think it might have been the day before the gig. Somebody sent an email to all of us saying, "Hey, you guys are booked for this gig. What are you going to do?" So then we had to turn up and play the show after being feeling really depressed and despondent about the band breaking up. Mm-hmm. We had to go and play a show as well, and it was an incredibly weird sensation. I'd, I felt very relieved when the band broke up. I was like, "Thank God, that's over." Yeah. <laughs> Well, how do you feel playing that show? I was like, whatever. Who played the... Suze. Suze, man. No, yeah. What about... (laughs) Had you moved to Berlin by that point? Nah. Nah? 
When did I have six months? I slept under VJ Karana's staircase. Oh, hi VJ. That I pull out every every night and sleep on it, and then they'd like step over me and go to work, and I'd wake up on my own and hang around, and then I got that whiskey bar, shady pines. That reminds me. That reminds me. I remember we were talking. You, me, and VJ were talking about this at a TV or the radio show. Did you ever finish your children's? Album? Yeah, it's going to come out through ABC. Seriously, for kids. Kids yeah. are smarter than you think. Yeah. I believe is the working That's title. The catchphrase. No, it's called uh, Earthquake and Thick Shake. That's awesome. That's, I'm uh, Earthquake and he's Thick Shake. I'm the DJ. He's the MC. That's so good. Oh man, that was like five years ago. I, I completely yeah. forgot about it until you mentioned VJ just now. I'm just like, you did that thing. You were going to do that thing at least. Yeah. Um. yeah. The worst is pushing up your mattress. You get up, you're like, all right, and the mattress on the living room floor, and you have to, like, t- pack up your sheets and then push mm. the mattress under the staircase. That was the worst thing every day. That just reminds you that you don't have a room. No, wait. You don't have a house. Yeah, what's that? And then BJ said, why don't you move to Germany? And I went down to the German consulate or whatever and, and applied, and the next day I booked my flight, and about a week later I was going And the rest is history. What were you doing? You weren't doing that much musically in those uh, years that Philly J's were off, were you, so. Joel? You, was, you, you had boyhood, writing, I remember that. I was, writing, I was writing lots of stuff, little ideas of my own, but no, not really. I, uh, I realised that I had no money and I had to go back and do a, a job job. Um, Oof. A what? A job job. <laughs> then it's one of those things where people go to a place and they have to do work to Those get paid money. Those people in the suits aren't just going to a party in the city. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And so I was anxious about that and I, I felt like I was going to go back to something that I hated, which is kind of the jobs I'd had before being... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was really nervous about about it and was worried that I would just sink into this crazy depression. And this is a real bummer. I don't know if I should continue. But anyway, it no, turns, out, turns out that... I, found this incredible job that I've been working at for over five years now, working with asylum seekers and uh, helping them kind of work out their lives in the community. Unreal. And yeah, it was a, a different satisfaction to playing music, but it was, uh, yeah, it, it actually stopped me from becoming, going to a very, very dark place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's beautiful, man. I'm, well, I'm glad you're still here. Yeah. Yeah, fucking A. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like, yeah, well, you know, you're around. It's all right. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Dan, I'll give us a, um, uh, yeah, like obviously this isn't uh, the primary focus, but um, uh, those couple of years, like Art vs. Science, were doing some massive stuff. You guys were everywhere for a couple of years, like yes, working fairly hardly. Like, um, what were some of the highlights for you in those couple of years? Uh, like, circa the album, like the first record coming out and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we had lots of fun times. Many yeah. fun times. Like at Falls Festival we played one year was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, we did a really, like a really great tour of the States. Mm. He drove lots of well. tits in Canada that time. That guy you just met's car all across town. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had slept on stage after that festival. Yeah. We had lots of, I don't know, it's so hard to think about. But yeah, five, yeah, totally. Know, five, six years of not much fun yeah 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 but then it, it hasn't been as busy last well it had been a year off basically at yeah the end of kind of kind of got back into it this year yeah 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 and last year as well yeah yeah i think we took basically like the end of 2012 up to about the beginning of 2014 that's mostly a tax off. thing right yeah <laughs> obviously um, and uh set up some dummy corporations and stuff yeah <laughs> and then um 
and then we wrote a record that wasn't very good and we didn't release <laughs> it and then we uh, did another one I don't know yeah we've, had, we've done lots of things but there was definitely a better year that we didn't do like anything yeah well now we're talking about Philly Jason in the present tense you know it's kind of I know it's it, it's not as frequent given you know there's a there's a long distance relationship kind of uh, situation going on but we'll be uh, soon. yeah <laughs> what's that we'll be soon oh we're full time really you're coming back hey we're committing I'm nodding <laughs> that that nod is riding out on the airwaves yeah oh well welcome back for those playing at home Simon's nodding and Dan and I are kind of looking a bit nervous about the prospect of sharing a city with him again full time boat finger yeah oh. no, I can get other dudes it's all good oh gosh oh gosh so do you play anything oh yeah <laughs> you Actually. need to, I'll, I'll, I'm in I'm in I'll do whatever you need I'll play cowbell tambourine keys whatever you need drums and bass done yeah at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, why not? Why not? I'll make it happen. Um, but um, yeah, is is it good to kind of have this back in your lives, especially considering you know so many people come out to these shows and like uh, uh, it, it's obviously like a big flashback for a lot of these people. You know, kind of like oh, yeah. I, you, you'd be surprised how many people would say like their first show was like seeing you guys or you know like you played in this area where no one else would play you know doing those like butt fuck regional tours you know <laughs> yes the um there's actually a guy there's a guy here tonight who came up to me before and he's like I just turned 18 and sucks to see you guys play and I was in your going to the casino film clip wow so was like seven years ago so he was a yeah. oh shit 10 or 11 maybe yeah. wow yeah, people have come out and been like I could I wasn't old enough to see you at the time you know, so we've had quite a lot of yeah. nineteen twenty ones, and a whole bunch of old farts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good combo, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Bertling is not. Oh, of yes. course. Job less, job less. And uh, the new record, or the most recent record, the the Summer of Doom record, came out last year, and you get yes. to do some shows around that. And uh, there's some more shit in the works, apparently. Got the new a, album is be done by the end of the year. Oh, is and it going to be out this year? No. No, next year? next year? Yeah. It'll never come out. It's called, it's called Simon's Next Move. <laughs> it it's Simon. a concept album. I it was called Simon Says. <laughs> that's a pretty good album title, though. That, that, that's one to keep on the background for now. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it is fucking great to have you back in the world. It really is, and I'm very much looking forward to this. This could be the best slash most ridiculous thing that I see all year, so it's going to be... Give a on. Oh, yeah. good. It's about yeah. to go down. Uh, yeah. Before we do that, gentlemen, I ask this of all of my guests, and now it is your turn. I want to know. I didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's that's the first question. You can't borrow my car. Man, you guys are knocking these FAQs out of the park. Uh, I want to know about the best and worst gigs that you have ever played. Played? Yes. The worst gig I ever played was with our terrible funk band at Sydney Uni, and there was like five hundred people there. And when we were called on stage by none other than Adam. Spencer. Spencer, who's oh, the Triple J. Yes, yes, yes. Who was like meant to speak for 30 minutes. He did like 10 minutes and went, now the funk band. <laughs> and my friend, I just remember him being like, dude, you're on stage. And I was on the toilet with a poo coming out of my butt. Oh, <laughs> and I, was, I was like, oh my God. And I wiped up as good as I could. Ran to the stage. None of my guitar or anything was plugged in. Not in tune. I just plugged my guitar straight into the amp. The guys were waiting on stage. People oh, were like, wow. looking like, where are you? 
I started playing the first funky riff, and instead of being like, it was like, and I just played this horrible first song, way out of tune. The guys were just glaring at me, and the whole room just walked out. I, we, it emptied like a full house of many, the whole house within a song, and the only person left was my girlfriend. Oh. And then we had to play the rest of the terrible funky. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so much worse. That's unreal. That's, mm. a, that's a Mark Hogan of the Logie shit. That's incredible. That's awesome. I, I was asking, I have a play was in Roderick, my old band Roger Explosion. We played at a theatre for like a the like a, a university play or something. And they paid us 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and we set up and we were like, where we put the amps and stuff? Because we were like, you know, a rock band. And, um, of course. They were like, well, it's good, you know, it's meant to be sort of quiet acoustic music because it's just before the theatre opens and stuff. And we were like, what? And um, we still always quiet versions. And then I just remember when we left the gig afterwards, um, we put the Mesa Boogie amplifier, which had wheels, in the back of the Tarago and accelerated, and the thing slid into the back windscreen and broke the back windscreen. And it cost $400 to fix. So we essentially paid $370 to do the shittest thing ever. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> Alright, Joel, your turn. I, I reckon probably one of our worst gigs as Philadelphia Grand Jury was in. New York, and we went to this warehouse. Went to this warehouse party in Brooklyn. The band before us played; they were really cool, and we were really enjoying. And we got on to play, and there were just these crazy electric shocks going through through all the gear. And Berkeley kept getting shocked like crazy. Eventually, he just took off his guitar and just walked out of the venue without telling (laughs) Susie or myself what the hell was going on. So we're still like they're playing the start of the next song, thinking it's this big performance, and he'll come back. Two two people. And uh, then about, like, literally played for three or four minutes, this this band on the same thing, and then we realised he wasn't coming back, and we had, like, we felt we just stand there, complete fools. And we, take, we stopped playing the show, and then Simon's nowhere to be seen, and uh, and then we start to pack up, and the, the other band had stolen all our drinks, and, 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 my wife, and my wife's really expensive jacket that she had, Sitting next to our stuff, they just actually taken and stolen all stuff. Oh, motherfuckers! And, um, and a couple of friends that were living in New York at the time were there, and yeah, yeah. Um, I think we ended up all getting separate taxis back to where we were staying. Yeah. It was a. Uh, and I remember telling the girl running the venue about all our shit getting stolen, and she because they were of a different race. The girl was just like, "You're being racist." Yeah. Wow. Like, no, our shit actually was stolen. We need, like we need to try and find this jacket. And they actually replied a few days later. Remember and went. Oh, the jacket we actually accidentally took oh. it. Sorry about that. We'll bring it back. So they never even. Bloody hell! All right, best tonight. Woo! Yeah, that's the best answer. The that's the other two. And that's it. And actually, we're on stage in about twelve minutes, so we. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking do this. Simon, Joel, damn, thank you guys so much. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. I'm David Jemchung, and all my friends. This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.